Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Magician Nelson Lugo. Hi, I'm nerdcore rapper Shafer the Dark Lord. We're best friends who hate each other's guts. And we co-host the Epic Podcast. A monthly show in which we discuss comic books, video games, television, movies, our debilitating emotional problems, and Batman. So much Batman. That's the Epic Podcast on the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Be safe, internets. Bye. Seriously, so much Batman. Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. It contains content that might not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Do you hear that? In the cruel blackness of night, an unknowable evil from beyond time cries out. What dark deeds unfold on the streets of Arkham, and which unwitting souls, innocent or impure, will succumb to the maddening call, the call of Cthulhu. Dirty Show and Top Hat Cigarettes bring you part eight of the Call of Cthulhu mystery program. Tonight's strange story, Denouement. <coughs> Goodness gracious, you poor man. Whatever ails you? Nothing another cigarette can fix. Well... There's your problem right there. Spare me your puerile platitudes, madam. Surely you'll not tell me that smoking isn't a healthy pursuit. Why, of course not. There's nothing better to keep lungs healthy and vital than a cigarette. What then? Out with it. You're smoking the wrong brand. Odds fish, my dear. Indeed. Those musty older brands are full of peppery dust and impurities that have you coughing like a pauper. But you're a gentlemanly sort. That's why you simply shouldn't be seen out and about without a top hat. 
here. Delightful! Even the finest, mildest tobacco leaves from the most revered brands contain irritating impurities. But Top Hat Cigarettes' famous cold ammonia purifying process makes for the cleanest smoke around. I should say so! Every inhalation of this premium tobacco is a soothing delight! Why, I'll never be caught dead without a Top Hat. Lesser brands can't compare. Switch to Top Hat Cigarettes and make every puff a pleasure. Ah, the theater. The spectacle and drama of the stage. There, fact becomes fiction. Fantasy becomes flesh. The human experience is laid bare, distilled into tremendous tales for the ages and heart-rending emotional crescendos. Truly, the hallowed planks of the stage, the world behind the curtains, is a sacred space. Fitting then that Boston's Monarch Theater should be the site of a horrendous ritual that also happens to be a stage play. The name of this diabolical work? The King in Yellow. Should it be performed, it wouldn't just bring the house down. It threatens to tear the world asunder. That is, unless our motley crew of heroes have anything to say about it. You leave the cabin and head straight to Boston. The drive takes a few hours, and it's the early afternoon when you arrive. You have the address to the theater, but none of you have a good sense of where it's located. I'll pull into a gas station. We could use some, anyhow. Excuse me, sir. It's been such a long time since I've been to Boston. Do you happen to know where the Monarch Theater is? Ugh, Monarch Theater? That place is like a bum town. It's all falling apart. Used to be a bunch of factories there. Ain't nothing there no more. Hmm. I've got more than a feeling that we're on the right track. Well, I'm only going to have some peace of mind if we get our asses to that theater. Enough foreplay. You're able to get some reliable directions, and in a little while, you find yourself in what used to be a working-class neighborhood, but it's now very much run down. The roadhouses are all closed, and a lot of the buildings are very clearly occupied by vagrants. Oh, my people. You got sovereignty out here? Well, I mean, not everyone recognizes my title at first, but that could be quite convincing. You roll up to what must have once been an opulent and successful theater, but now it's boarded up and looking very much worse for wear. From a short distance, you can see painted on the marquee is that same disturbing sigil from the Elias estate and on the cover of the play. Oswald, make another sanity roll. How dare you? Uh, 68 out of what is currently a uh, 57. D6. You lost four previously, so you can only lose a max of two. Three. Okay. So you lose your two. This thing is boring a hole straight into your mind, and you are mortified as it touches you. Uh, Sorry, just to burn my britches. Uh, But we could just park here, right? We don't have to drive any closer. I was just about to pull over into an alleyway. No need to be overly conspicuous. You're about half a block away. What's your plan? Oh, we got the deed to this place. I reckon we can just walk in like we own the place. That was my hope, yes. Okay. There's a couple of alleyways that run along the side of this place as well. I don't know if you guys want to do a more thorough casing of the joint, or are you guys just going to barge in? Oswald, um, having, having lost some sanity, just straight up barges in. Uh, uh, okay. I'm not a coward. I was just shocked before. Just the presence of it was, um, I, I'm a king, and I'll be treated like a king, damn it. And I'm going to go full bore stride, 
through the double doors, and if they don't open, I'll make them open. <sighs> All right, I'm behind him. Oswald shoulders into the door and throws it open. Inside, it looks only slightly better than the exterior. Faded glory, covered in dust, dark and dim. The only light is streaming in through the papered over windows. There's a ticket counter in front of you, and along the rear wall is a bar and a refreshments lounge. My gun's out and ready. Anything? It's quiet. Looking around, you notice there's a bunch of open, empty mason jars on the bar, and on either side of the bar, there are doors that you suspect might lead into the main theater. You also see stairs heading up to what looks like a VIP lounge and presumably some balcony seating. There's also a peaty, musky smell, which Kenneth will recognize from the Elias's attic. And in general, there's just a weird energy to this lobby, especially for those of you attuned to it. Is this something I would have experienced in the wild, like just before a lightning strike or anything like that? Yeah, make a spot hidden roll. All right. 46 against 40. Oswald to know. 43 out of 75. Everyone has a sense of caution and alarm, as though something is about to happen. But Estelle, you know that smell. It smells like your mother. I never knew my mother. As she says that aloud, there's a sudden series of creaking sounds above you, pivoting your heads up to look. In the raised ceiling above, moving over the ornate molding, is a large, black, sinewy form. Bat-like, but with a twisted, insectoid face. It's scuttling towards you, and it seems to be holding something in one hand. Is that Estelle's boyfriend from the car? It definitely seems of a kind. Roll sanity. Succeed. I got like 11 out of 68. Okay. Everybody who makes it? Yep, made it. I got a 10. You lose one point if you make it, 1d6 if you fail, minus whatever you lost from the creature that carried Estelle off. I'll tell you, it's boring being the same as a mountain man. I rolled a 94. And then I rolled a d6, and I only rolled a 1. I only got a 10, so I just lose 1. Same. One point of sanity. Same here. Okay, so you guys all take this like a champ. You've seen worse today. It's been a weird day. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually the least the, weird thing. Honestly, the giant bat is kind of grounding, really. <laughs> Compared to a man being resurrected from salt, yeah. I would say so. There's a strange staticky popping sound to this creature as it moves down the wall towards you. I take a knee and I have my rifle trained on this creature ready to fire. I'm gonna jump the fuck back. Hold my rifle. I cock my revolver. My gun is trained on this creature and I'm very curious about what it's holding, if that's obvious. Okay, let's see, who's got the lowest luck? <laughs> Excepting Cherry who explicitly jumped back. I've got a 59 now. That's the lowest of the bunch. The creature reaches a long arm out, and you can see now that it's holding a multicolored leather party mask. And Estelle, it's proffering it in your direction. How kind. What a welcoming gift. I... Don't be rude, Estelle. I take it. I don't know what's happening, and I don't know for certain that this creature is evil, so I take it. Estelle? Estelle, no. No, no, guys, listen, it's gonna be fine. It's very, it's being very calm right now. Let's just take it. We don't have to put it on, right? What, just, kind, what kind of hobo adventures have you been on? I, I've seen bats, not what, this what, big. What kind of mask is it exactly? What, what does it look like? 
It's not quite like a Venetian mask. It covers a bit more of the face and the colors on it though, they are bright yellow and red and it's- I pull out my 45 and shoot at the mask. Take your shot. Six out of 55. You shoot the mask out of this thing's hand. It recoils, chitters in your direction. I chitter back. I back off because I'm very close to all this now. I get my rifle ready again, cautiously just in case anything happens. This creature retracts its arm and then proceeds to clamber back up the wall, moving in reverse. Its movements are uncomfortable to look at, and it doesn't move the way that biology suggests it should. Excuse me. Come on down, baby. It's going to be okay. Uncle Oswald's going to take care of you. Come on down. This thing leaps off of the wall, barely moving its limbs. Its wings flap out and seem to flutter in and out of existence as this thing lands on top of Oswald. Not great. Pinning him to the ground. Oh, nope, nope. A little too close. Up to hell with this. Estelle, you've got 75 dexterity, so you've got the next move. I will uh, hesitate to fire. Okay. Moses. I'm going to fill it full of holes. Go for it. I'm tired of these con songs. You're close, you're, you're close range, so you're going to get an extra bonus die. Right. Doesn't matter. A rifle shot rings out. The panicked mountain man fails to connect to the creature that's right in front of him. My ears! I need those to hear! Dash it all! Be careful! I raise my rifle to fire. Uh, nope, nope, nope. Wait, wait. I'm going to attempt charm. Okay, go for it. I'm going to try to... You're going to kiss him. <laughs> I'm going to calm him. I'm going to hum. Because this thing chitters, it hums. I'm going to... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have a uh, 70 charm. 21. Shadows lengthen as you view the world growing frantic from beneath the murky blue. Lost Carcosa rises from the Atlantic. With his off-key rendition of what surely is an excerpt from the cursed play, hearing it, the creature adopts an entirely different pose, and there's a repugnant crackling sound coupled with a sudden horrible queasiness that hits you all in a brief wave, like a drop on one of those fancy new roller coasters. It wasn't there before, but in the creature's hand is now another riotously colored leather mask, which this time it offers to Oswald, and it's Cherry's turn. I'm gonna just run after him and try to push him off Oswald. Okay, make a strength check. Okay. How big is this bat? Oswald's a really big dude. This thing is bigger than him. I have size 80, but I'm, I'm not portly. I'm just a big dude. This thing has size 95, to give you an idea. Mm. Well, alrighty then. Good luck for Cherry. You try to ram your shoulder into this thing, but it's bigger and stronger than you, and it doesn't really seem to move too much, and it doesn't really seem all that perturbed by it. Kenny. I figure uh, I, I need to defend my friends here, so uh, like any gambling man would do, you gotta know when to uh, play blackjack and know when to scurry away. And I, I, I'm gonna try to deal out a hand, pull out my blackjack, and try to blackjack this thing right in the noggin. Okay, go for it. What a seven. Roll for your damage. Six. This thing holds an arm up, the other arm, like it's gonna try to bat you away. <laughs> I've seen that play before back in Reno. I'm ready for him. I juke out of the way and smack this son of a bitch with a sap as hard as I can. It doesn't really seem to move all that much. Its eyes stare at you, blue pinpricks of light. So do you want to try to defend yourself, or do you want to try to fight back as it lashes out at you? I'm going to do that. That sounds like the better odds. Okay. 
I got a 14 out of 70. 14 out of 70? Okay, roll one more time. 31 out of 70. This thing rears up and chitters again at you. And then lashes out at you with its sickle-shaped claws on its hands. One of them, you manage to kind of throw up an arm, block it aside, and then the other one rakes across your chest for six points of damage. Ah! You're hurt. That was bad. Estelle. Uh, I'm at a loss. It's mauling Kenneth, which has to stop, but I don't know what this creature is meant to be. Even after all we've learned, I, I still can't figure out its place in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I'm going to run over to where I think the first mask landed and see if it's still there. Roll luck. 15 out of 59. Okay, so it looks like the mask is mostly intact. It took the shot pretty well. I mean, it looks like he may have hit the creature mostly in the hand. Estelle, what are you doing? I look at Anna and I say, pray for me, love. And then I put it on. Nothing happens at all. You're now wearing a red and yellow mask. <laughs> I, I, I tell this creature to stop. Stop! Nothing happens. It doesn't respond. Oswald? That second mask was dropped on your chest, and Kenny has the creature's full attention. I look Moses square in the eye, and I say, pray for me, love. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how. And I don said mask. Okay, so you've got a mask. (laughs) (laughs) I chitter at the back creature. Okay, roll your Cthulhu mythos. 88, very close. Excellent. Okay, so, yeah, you, you chitter at this thing. It doesn't seem to be doing anything, but the mask fits like a glove. Uh, Somebody stop me! Oh, I fully intend to stop something here. I fire at the creature's head. Oh, damn it! 67 out of 50. You are really out of your element here. The shot just misses the creature and shatters one of the lobby windows. Moses, what are you up to? Um, try again. I'm going to steady my breath, take another shot at this ugly thing. Go for it. This ugly cuss. You make your bonus die, because this thing's not really paying attention to you. Well, I mean, that succeeded, so even better. Your shot pumps into this thing, and the body on this thing ripples like water, and then crystals begin flowing out of it. It squeals. Does not seem to have liked what you've just done to it. Well, I should hope not. Cherry. I'm going to take a shot at it. Pop off a few rounds. Since you're up close, you'd get a bonus die normally, and you'd get a penalty die for popping off a few rounds, so you just rolled uh, as many shots as you get normal. Eight. Okay, is that a fifth? Yes. Okay, so that's an impale, max damage, plus another die roll. Take this, you gargoyle. And you fire your gun. The shot hits it right in one of its uh, glowing eyes, right through whatever would make up a head on this thing. And it howls and screeches and then bolts in on itself. And the crack of lightning is gone. Well, okay. And there's nothing left but horrible smelling smoke. My what baby! What did I do? My baby! <laughs> what have you done to my baby? Where is it? It has to still be in this room, right? I, I take off the damn mask. Uh, I think that was an ice demon. What do you mean an ice demon? It was in the notes that they found at the, uh, at the mansion. Oh. Allegedly... Woodrow wanted to call the ice demons so that their lord would grant him power. I can only assume from the ice that came out of it, that must have been what it is. I don't know how or why. Oswald, are you okay? I mean, I was okay. I had the thing totally, like, putty. Are you able to take the mask off? What a weird question. Why would I take the mask off? Why would you keep it on? I've never had such a lovely mask. And, And to note, I have put my top hat back on my mask. Right on the top of it. I don't suppose anybody got anything for this here giant chest wound. We're talking, Kenneth. Hold on a minute. Uh, oh. Why do you guys want me to take off the mask? 
What about you, Estelle? Did something happen when you put the mask on? Did you feel anything? Did you see anything? I certainly thought I would, but no, I, I didn't feel a damn thing. A uh, bandage or maybe some, some, some sort of... Did, did so anybody... now we have two masks and no gog oil. Yeah, exactly. Thanks a lot, everybody. <laughs> You've all really done a bang-up job. You know, Can- I appreciate Kenneth you starts me. limping around looking for something to stuff in his wound holes. Moses, I, Moses, I, I, thank I, you. Thank you for your help. I really, really really made a friend there and I feel like you got a little jealous. I grabbed one of them mason jars mentioned earlier try <laughs> to it. catch <laughs> some of the blood. I, Is I, there I, any I, dust? Should we look for dust? There, Well, actually, as he's grabbing around on the mason jars, he finds like a shop rag or something that, that's like sitting there on, on the bar. But all along the bar, you see little tiny traces of that same luminescent dust in a riot of different colors. Moses, do you need to talk with that, me? That, that's mildly interesting to me while I'm trying to patch this wound up. Ugh, this is ridiculous. I go over to Kenneth and do what I can to patch him up with what's on hand on my first aid skill. Thank you kindly, miss. Uh, you're the only one that seemed to pay attention <laughs> to a poor bleeding gentleman over here. <laughs> Let's out at Barton right now! And he angrily attempts to uh, to pull the mask off. The mask comes off, clearly. Oh, good, okay. I was getting worried there for a minute. Now, do we want to try that spell again with the dust that's here? There's only trace amounts of the dust. Oh, okay, so it's not enough. Yeah, definitely not enough. Person. There's... And, 27 mason jars in a row here. What do you think, Estelle? What's your what's your temperature on? Uh, in the woods, I found pieces of people, and don't tell Oswald, but a horse. Seemed like they were brought together and didn't make the transition well. We combine dust from one into dust of another. You think that could be part of this? I certainly do. That butler was most definitely out there doing experiments on any living things he could get his hands on. I don't know if it was specifically to put Woodrow back together. The notes you gave me, it seemed like his sister actually did want him back, but the way Woodrow was talking, it sounded like she'd done this to him on purpose. Now that Oswald knows it's safe, he's going to put that mask back on. He's taking a liking to it. All right, hold still, Kenneth. Ah, Christ almighty! Relax. This should stop the bleeding for now. We'll get you some stitches when this is done. I appreciate it, miss. So... There's doors going down to the theater, and there's stairs going up to, you said, a VIP lounge? Yeah, and beyond that, balcony seating. Let's be ready. If there was one of those things out here, who knows what's in that theater? I guess Mildred isn't here yet? We made so much commotion, someone would have had to have noticed, right? Or they're waiting to see if their attack dog would finish us off. Though, perhaps they were expecting guests. These masks. Since the ritual is a play, then... Oswald and I may have what we need to be perceived as the dramatis personae. Since nobody's paying attention to Kenneth, uh, he's, he's going to go wander around uh, that VIP area. Sure. It's a short flight of stairs, and once you're up there, you can see that there's not much left to this place. The most interesting thing you see are some old liquor bottles. I'll take a swig of whatever there is to dull this awful pain. Underneath the liquor bottle, a shiny glint catches your eye. For some reason, you feel like you've achieved something <laughs> as you pick up the sixth coin. I feel pretty good about this one. Since I, I feel a little bit accomplished, uh, I've just kind of laid out my six coins, kind of admiring them here. You know, comparing the coins, kind of looking them over a little bit more thoroughly, and uh, maybe spinning them, see if they got you know, some good weight to them, weight distribution, whatnot. Well, as you play around with the configuration of the coins, you realize that like there's there are motifs in the background of them, which when you were looking at individual coins, they just seem to be random decorations. But then 
they all seem to fit together into one massive red herring. It's incredible artistic work. So I'm able to create some kind of a giant fish. A mosaic. Yes. <laughs> Do I get any sort of significance out of this? Is there anything more to the picture that would clue me into anything else? Or? You gain sanity. <laughs> you get a point of sanity. Alright. Okay, it is literally a fucking red herring, I both in the, in the literal and the non-literal sense. I'm sorry, everybody. I mean, what I meant to say was, what a lovely coin mosaic. Oswald, you and I will enter first. Everyone else follow at a safe distance. We'll be cautious. There might be a fight waiting for us. Where's Kenneth? Kenny? I'm up here. I'm, uh, I'm just taking a breather uh, due to the wounds, you see? Pull it together, man. We need a unified front. We're going to need all of us to face whatever's down here. I walk partway down the stairs so I can see them all. There's an entrance to a balcony up here. If there's something happening in the theater, you could get some good coverage. I hoist my rifle. Fair point. Yes, Kenneth and Anna, watch our backs from the balcony. If something goes very wrong, leave immediately. Alert the police. I don't know what good they'd be able to do, but Mildred's plans must be stopped at all costs. Agreed. I won't hesitate, beloved. We've suffered much, but we were meant to be here. What Mildred means to unleash would be apocalyptic, and we must stop it. For all our flaws and darknesses within us today, we are the light. Let's bring a swift end to these horrors and keep our world safe from whatever foul nightmares we find. You said it, Anna. I'll be damned if I'm going to let some goofy blue blood send the world to hell in a handbasket. Steal yourselves. Be ready for anything. And darling. I pull her in and we kiss. Bastet guide you back to me. And let our aims be true. Love is our strength. Love is our blade. Well, hey, if we're dealing out good luck kisses, Cherry, what's say? <laughs> you got plenty of luck, you card shark. Let's do this. I head up to the balcony with Kenneth. And I lead the rest directly into the theater. You just go right in? Yes, confidently. Ready for anything. Okay. As soon as the doors open, you realize you are not alone in here. This place is a large theater. It looks like maybe 300 seats. And on the stage, there's a rehearsal going on. Six people are working through some kind of strange, experimental choreography routine. They are decorated in loud costumes, wearing masks of different colors. They're rhythmic contortions, dancing, if you can call it that, is being overseen by a figure in a black gown. There's one of those bat-like ice demons flanking either side of the stage, making the scene even more surreal. Full-height mirrors have been hung along the sides of the theater, and there's several of them on the stage, too. Something's wrong with them, but it's hard to make out just what. Especially because the next thing you notice is the audience. 
two dozen people are seated in the darkness of the front rows, and you can hear them weeping, moaning, some of them disturbingly elated. Has anyone noticed us? No, surprisingly not. Everyone is transfixed. But you and Oswald are wearing masks. Right. What is up with these mirrors, though? As you find yourselves parallel with the first mirror, you can't help but slow your tracks. You can see the theater reflected, but it's almost like a thin film. There are unusual colorations, and as your eyes refocus, what's beyond the reflection comes into a horrible clarity. A window into another place. Oh, no. Vast green skyscapes above undulating red seas. And every so often, you catch a flicker of bright yellow tattered cloth pass by, like a serpent in the air. And we see this too? Oh, yes. As soon as you're up on the balcony, you've got a clear view of every horrible thing on display here. The whole grim scene. Oh, goddess. Yeah, the magnitude of this all hits you like a train, and there's some sinister energy in this place. Everyone, roll sanity for witnessing this unnatural tableau. I don't feel like it. 42 out of 57. Okay. Oswald got a 6 out of 54, so, you know. If you make it, D4. If you fail, D8. I was so excited I was going to lose some sanity. I lost three. I succeeded and lost three. I lost four. I only lost one. I lost one. I lost one. The mountain man is a rock. Well, we've been in worse spots. We continue on. I'm definitely worried about that pack of crazies turning into a mob. Maybe, but I think they might be too far gone. How many jars did you see in the lobby, Jerry? More than enough for these poor folks. These are all working men, aren't they? You're walking past them now, and yeah, they have that look. This is sick. The figure in the gown. She hasn't turned around, but it's a safe bet that it's Mildred. Well then. Mildred, darling! What a splendid soiree you've assembled. She turns around. Not surprised exactly, but curious. Almost bird-like in her mannerisms. She's wearing a leather mask, fringed with yellow streamers. Her wild eyes fixate on you, Estelle. I recognize you. I knew we would be together. Come down, enjoy the play. Oh, it would be my pleasure. Keep tight, and maybe be ready to shoot these terrible mirror portals. I assume you're performing the Yellow King? So you know it. Oh, not just performing, no, no, no. The performances are merely the prelude. I have found a way to skip to the denouement. Oh, do tell. She motions for you to follow her. She doesn't seem to have noticed the rest of your team at all. <laughs> She's fixated. Yes, yes, his time has come. He will carry us into the new age. The old mores and strictures of life will be cast asunder. The dawning of a new and glorious day. Oh, so a true Aquarian age then? No, a dark time of blood and horror where the strongest will be rent asunder. Well, what are the next steps? I've been practicing with my dancers, my performers, and, of course, my audience. She gestures towards the aisles of sobbing, giggling men and beams with pride. The audience seemed to notice us. Some of them can't look away from the stage. Some of them dare not look away from the stage. 
While she's walking away, I set the duffel bag down, letting her continue onto the stage, and I discreetly take out the cylinder. If you're sneaking in action past her, give me a stealth check. I'll use charm, actually, and just keep gushing so she doesn't pay attention to me. And it worked, actually. <laughs> 16 out of 55. Oh, Mildred, this is really a remarkable setup. I take out the cylinder, and I pour the contents into the mason jar, mixing Woodrow's dust with Pelham's dust. Like a martini. You've got such cunning and tremendous theatricality. Such is the repugnant gaiety of the Yellow King, Avatar of Hastur, Lord of Carcosa, Master of the Yellow Sign. Such is the vile pomp befitting of this monarch of nightmares. She looks back at Estelle. Oh, I've got the jar behind my back. When the dance is done, and his infernal song rings loudest, there will be no lewd carnality denied to us. <sighs> Mildred, you poor dear. It shouldn't have to be that way. There's no shame in our desires, and I'm walking closer to her. But, well, since your thirst is strongest for blood and horror, <laughs> allow me to quench it, darling. I hurl the dust in her face, and I say the words, willing this horrific reanimation into a grotesque, prison of flesh. Bind ye stars of demon Azathoth's shine, death to life, revisit chosen few, find ye death and life in harmony's rhyme. D10 sanity, three points of magic you lose. Everybody else who witnesses this, roll sanity again. 52 out of 53. Okay, if you make it, you lose one. If you fail, you lose D6 plus one. Can't lose any kind of sanity, it drives me nuts. What happens is, as this gets hurled on her, she kind of throws her arms up and doesn't quite realize what's happening at first but then gets this look on her face like she knows exactly what's about to happen and is furious and terrified as her butler and her brother congeal on and around her. She and they scream. The butler, Pelham, is howling in pain. The brother is shrieking madly and she is incandescent with rage. Did anybody lose five points of sanity or more on that? I lost six in total. This awful sight, Cherry, has inflicted you with temporary insanity. You have clarity now. You know who's to blame for all of this, and you know where they are. Anyone who's watching this sees her brandish her gun, eyes darting around, and with purpose, she heads up the aisle back towards the lobby. Estelle, you've created a monster and ensnared Mildred in a web of screaming flesh. This is the hell you've wrought, Mildred, and I will have none of it! I walk right up to her and fire at her head, point blank. Okay, I'm gonna give you a bonus die to, to hit her. 41 to my 50. Roll for damage. 15. With a crack, your uh, rifle recoils and her head just bursts across the ground. Her brother Woodrow wails in insane agony and grief. Does Woodrow still have a head? Or a discernible head? Oh, yes. It's kind of upside down, hanging from what might be Pelham's armpit, but it's there. Eyes at odd angles, skin and muscles stretched thin over his screaming skull. Die a proper death, Woodrow. Easily done, but make a sanity roll. 75 out of 50. You lose D6 as you just kill this poor wailing man. Well, see, I thought it was a mercy killing. Because if I turn him back in assault, then he hasn't properly died. And I don't know what that means. I know. Oh, shit. It's still disturbing. Oh, damn it. I, I rolled a six. Okay. You like that. It feels good. 
Well, I'll gladly turn around and do the same to that butler. Oh, yeah, he's got it coming next. <laughs> Kenny and Anna. Estelle, what the devil are you doing? Making short work out of our problem, I'd say. It's horrendous. Better than the alternative, I'd wager. I try not to look at what she's doing. I'm keeping my rifle fixed on the creature at stage right. Why haven't they attacked yet? Now, I saw Cherry walking out. Yes. You actually hear her coming up the stairs. Hey, Cherry, what gives? She's got her gun pointed directly ahead, and her eyes don't acknowledge you. I pull my gun out and aim it at her. Cherry, put that weapon down. Cherry, the screams in your head are just getting louder. But you see the source of it all right in front of you. It's Anna. It's Anna. It's Anna. She was always too nice. Too nice. It's always Anna. behind the scenes, ever in danger. Ever it's danger. Anna. This isn't a play. This is a, this puppet, is a puppet show. show. And, and she's, she's the, the demon, demon queen who's been pulling the strings. I knew it. Cherry? Watch out, Cherry. She sees you, and she is a demon. Pale gray skin, yellow eyes, body draped in sheer black fabric, serpents slithering up her arms. When she speaks, Lies spew like black oil from her mouth. No! No more lies! The hell are you talking about? Cherry, put down the gun. Please. Stop it! I pump every round I have into her. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com plus. And now, the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is offering bonus content to Fable and Folly Plus supporters, including character creation and how-to-play episodes, plus cast and crew outtakes, all still entirely ad-free. Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at fableandfolly.com slash plus. It can't be so, can it? Has Anna's life been claimed by her friend's madness? With suspense like this, I'd better light up a top hat to soothe my nerves. That's better. Two weeks' time will tell the terrible fates of all our investigators. I get the sense that the horror has only begun. Did you know that this series of the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program features more episodes and far more intense production than we originally assumed? It's true. Our crew is working overtime to make this not just the best series yet, but we believe a high watermark in the RPG audio drama genre. If you think so too, 
We'd love it if you could let the world know. Head to Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or any platform for podcast proliferation you prefer and leave us a rating or a review. Perhaps you could spread our black gospel via Reddit or take to Twitter on Sundays to share our sinister smut on the Sabbath using the hashtag AudioDramaSunday. The day, not the dessert. If we catch wind of your accolades for our show, we'll share your good words here and salute your impeccable tastes. For example, Naked Bacon, who gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts saying, This program satisfies all the dark, unspeakable needs of a true lover of all things RPG and Lovecraft. The Nerdy Show crew have made a truly spellbinding series with the highest production values of any RPG podcast I've ever heard. The only horror worse than experiencing the terrors of this radio play's colorful heroes and heroines is not listening to it at all. I could say more, but I fear I've already said too much. From the bottom of our black hearts, Naked Bacon, thank you for your tremendous praise. We wouldn't be doing the show if it weren't for delighting you, Deviants. And in fact, we literally couldn't do it without you. To support our efforts in audio drama excellence, head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow, where supporting at even a dollar gets you early release episodes, and beyond that, a plethora of bonus perks. For instance, at $20 or more, you can become a producer of this fine program, credited in every episode. Heck, you can even give yourself a credit on Podchaser, the IMDB of podcasts. This is a legitimate credit. Your generous contributions are what allows this program to exist, after all. I'm thrilled to say that since our last broadcast, we've been joined by two new producers, Patrick Webster and Sean Hutchinson. Welcome to the fray, folks. A big thanks to you and all the new patrons joining our ranks. Together, we're making something special. Now, we're in the home stretch in terms of this series of the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. Soon, we'll be off the air for a time though there is indeed much more to come. In the interim, you may be in need of places to get your audio drama thrills and spills, so allow me to recommend some series to subscribe to that'll hopefully offer some chills on warm nights. Firstly, there's The Orphans, a series here on the Nerdy Show Network that recently concluded its third Smash season, a tale entitled Investigation. It's a sci-fi thriller, and this latest story has a decidedly noir feel as a missing persons case embarks on the edge of known space. Just search for The Orphans wherever you get your podcasts. Then there's a little number called Dark Dice. This is a gripping, actual play horror podcast, much like our own, but in a very different setting. Join six travelers as they embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the nameless god, and they'll never be the same again. What's more, one of the player characters is not what they seem. A creature that assumes the form and voice of whatever it kills has infiltrated the team. As players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the doppelganger is before it's too late? Can you? Dark Dice features an award-winning voice cast and a phenomenal fantasy soundtrack featuring live hurdy-gurdy, lutes, and dulcimers. Do you seek him? Find Dark Dice however you enjoy podcasts. Now, this evening, I've got a lovely tune to play for you. A phenomenon sweeping the nation which has been aptly distilled into song. You may have seen folks writing Lovecraftian verses to the tune of Dolly Parton's classic, Jolene. Well, this delightfully dismal trend caught the ear of musician Michael Kelly, and, like a true troubadour, he made this morbid mirth into music. 
Michael is an independent singer-songwriter with a focus on medieval music and traditional Irish and Canadian folk music. Much of his work is up on YouTube for your listening pleasure. And if you'd like to support him, he makes a living via Patreon at patreon.com slash michaelkelly, where early release music and more awaits you. This is Jolene, a Lovecraftian rendition performed by Michael Kelly. Jolene, 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 I'm begging of you, please don't take my soul. Jolene, 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 we're at your mercy, don't consume us whole. Blackening the summer skies with flaming wings and countless eyes, please take pity on us all, Jolene. Your smile is like a gaping maw, your voice it is a siren's call. I can't survive the sight of you, Jolene. They gibber madly in their sleep, and desperate hope is all I keep from being like your worshipper, Jolene. For I can never understand your power beyond the can of man, and I will never sleep again, Jolene. Jolene, 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 Jolene I'm begging of you, please don't take my soul Jolene, 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 Jolene We're at your mercy, don't consume us whole Your darkness rends and burns my skin Your soul is made of pitch and sin Your whole existence painted me, Jolene Screaming scars, your shadow is the death of stars. Your birth was all our primal fears, Jolene. Your piercing howl, the bane of light, the wolves obey and bats take flight. Your servants now through a longest night, Jolene. Cities perish in your wake, your laughter makes the mountains quake. Your fury is the howling storm, Jolene. Jolene. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene I'm begging of you, please don't take my soul Jolene, 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 Jolene We're at your mercy, don't consume us whole From abyssal depths you rise Mocking mortals wailing cries In your bid to end all things, Jolene all to see how you devour all land and sea. Oh Lord, we beg you, give us peace, Jolene. In ancient dark and shrouded halls, your evil forms a cloying pall. The bindings failed, God save us from Jolene. Your screech depicts the sins of man. Our time of judgment just began. Our fate is in your awful hands, Jolene. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene I'm begging of you, please don't take my soul Jolene, 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 Jolene We're at your mercy, don't consume us whole Jolene
Thanks for listening to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And be sure to subscribe to our series via your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. Episode 8, Denouement, was written and performed by Luke Stram, Cap Blackard, Nikki Holland, John Sebastian Laval, Moore, and Joshua LaForge, with additional vocal performances by Melody Pereira, Cynthia Beckett, Jonathan Fleming, and James Barbarossa. The series is edited and produced by Colin Peterson and Cap Blackard, and the original score is composed and performed by Ryan McQuinn and Mike McQuinn of Neon Dolphin. Home for all your custom music needs and more. NeonDolphinMusic.com For full episode credits and links to where you can purchase this series' original score, as well as character sheets and other supplemental material, visit CthulhuMystery.com The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is proudly played using Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition, available at fine role-playing retailers everywhere. This program and all programs on the Nerdy Show Network are made possible by the support of listeners like you. With special thanks to our Patreon producers, Isa Biz, Allison Parent, David Van Pelt, Aaron Ramsey, Evan Baumel, Hoodoo Voodoo, Jameson Lalone, Dr. Talos, Joshua Westfall, Patrick Webster, R. Scott Diedrich, Sean Hutchinson, Sean T. Red, and Zombie Pops. Join us at patreon.com slash nerdyshow or head to nerdyshow.com slash support for additional ways to contribute. All characters appearing are fictitious, and any resemblances to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This has been the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. Good night. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets.